So I talk to the same guy, aka the owner of this vegan-friendly Chinese restaurant, and I order food from there every single week, and him and I have become buds. This week, he gave me a meal for free as a holiday gift, and we left, and I said, thank you, and then I said, bye, and then he said, bye, I love you. (laughs) The secondhand embarrassment. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Have a safe flight, you two. No, you're not getting on the f- fucking flight. Happy birthday, you two. No, we're not fucking twins. That shit really kills me. I don't know what it is. Ah! God, I hate cringing. I hate it so much. I hate secondhand embarrassment. I hate firsthand embarrassment. I hate embarrassment. I hate embarrassment. I hate it all. I think this is a genetic trait because my sister and I can think about a moment that happened in our childhood and sit there and just sweat and cringe forever. On that sexy note, welcome to another episode of Cut the Foreplay. My name is Nadia Favorite. I'm your host for this and every other episode until the internet goes away. Today, I want to celebrate something before we dive into the rest of the episode. I want to celebrate the fact that in the four years of Cut the Foreplay being alive, you guys have done the same thing to me week after week. It's not that you were fisting me. You would actually put your elbow into my asshole and crank me open. You know what I'm talking about? Like the way you you do it to a, what's it called? That little machine that you, when the tire is slow and you crank. Cranking my asshole open, asking for more episodes constantly. Woo, that was coming from a place of anger. I think I resent you guys. <laughs> yeah, but you guys love to give me shit about this. So I want to celebrate the fact that you asked for more and I've tried to, to pull every bit of content out of my perfectly bleached asshole for you. And I've done it because the season that has the highest number of episodes are one and three, which have 13 episodes each. And I would like to report that Right now, we are at episode 10 in 3 out of 12 months of this fourth season. If that math is too much for you, (laughs) I know it's tough being me because I'm so smart. Fist to shoulder, upward movement, cranking that asshole open. Yeah, if you don't see it, then you're not having a good sex life. So clearly, given what I uh, started the episode off with, this week is going to have a theme because it just came to me, not on me, unfortunately, but to me. And uh, God, can we go a second without you talking about sin on your face, Nadia? I have to be pretend angry at myself so that people think I'm making an effort to be better. So my epiphany was twofold, and this is how I got to this episode. Let me walk you through it. I saw the following post after hearing the I love you, and the post goes as follows, quote, I'm so embarrassed. Me and my neighbor exchanged numbers a while ago. I told him if I'm not home and he sees someone at our house that he doesn't usually see to call me and let me know. He just called me and said, quote, Hey, I just wanted... (laughs) Hey, I just wanted you to know that I saw someone in your yard picking stuff up about 30 minutes ago. It was a short black guy in all black with cornrows. He looked a bit weird and I've never seen him around before. So I just wanted to call you and let you know, unquote. Then she says, y'all, that was me without my wig on. I don't know why that took me out. It's so hard. I did not expect that. 
Anyway, that obviously made me cringe pretty hard. And uh, I said, fuck it. A whole episode that's going to make us just slightly uncomfortable. Never tipping left or right. Just smack dab in the middle. Discomfort and slight arousal. Okay, I lied about that last part. Just discomfort. <laughs> Without my wig on. Oh, God. This world is cruel. A Tanzanian dude who basically can't read. A 102-year-old woman who has just survived so many diseases that it feels that, like the universe doesn't want her here, but she's a fucking cockroach. That's terrible to say, but I said it, motherfucker, and I said it with my full-ass chest. A mispronunciation of a kitchen appliance that's going to send you all the way back into your mother's womb. Let's start this fucking episode. So this may just look like one of the most awkward auditions ever to have been recorded recorded at least Lucas Gage or his name is Gag I don't really know but let's just call him Lucas known for playing Tyler on Euphoria was getting ready to audition for a new role for an anonymous director over Zoom when said director started insulting Lucas's apartment in the background unfortunately the director's mic was still cringe worthy and I have to you have yeah you just listen these poor people live in these tiny apartments like I'm looking at his you know, background, and he's got his TV, and, and you know. Yeah, muted. I know it's a shitty apartment. That's why give me this job so I can get a better one. All right. Um, <laughs> ready? Oh my God, I'm so so sorry. No, it's Lucas. totally. Li listen, I'm living I'm in a. So sorry. I'm living in a four by four box. It's fine. Just give me the job, and we'll be no, fine. I, I'm more. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a white boy, so he just had the reddest cheeks. Poor baby. He didn't even know what to do. I'm going to put up the video, and I say this every time, and I don't do it, so you should look it up yourself. It is pretty shit. Also, how dare somebody make fun of somebody else's living situation when you don't know what they're going through? You think people want to live in tiny-ass homes? Other celebrities chimed in on Instagram like January Jones, who cryptically wrote that she has a guess on who this director might be. His voice is quite distinct, British accent, like, in L.A., a twat. That doesn't narrow it down, the last part, but the rest of it definitely does. Also, speaking of British twats, I know this is not the episode for it, so we're going to discuss it a little bit later, but Simon Cowell wants to sue a bike company like by because he was in a biking accident a while ago and broke his back. Now his face is weird. Also, to be fair, his face was weird from before. You know what I always say? You can't be a mean person and have no neck. You gotta pick a struggle. Lucas's Euphoria co-stars also chimed in like Barbie Ferreira, who wrote, You posted it! Ah! And Maud Apatow. Who's Judd Apatow's kid? And I realized when I rewatched Euphoria that she's in it and she's grown up. She was in This Is 40 and uh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Catherine Heigl and uh, Canadian brother, gotcha, fool, Seth Rogen, was a girl, knocked up, there we go, she was like a tiny baby and now she's in euphoria and the world is just a crazy place to me. But the one that took the cup is uh, Emmy Rosam, you must know her from Shameless, she had the most attention grabbing comment out of all the stars, she said, quote, I think I know that voice, if it's who I'm thinking, he asked me to audition for him once but not to read a scene, he said he knew I could act, just to come into his office office in a bikini and do a twirl. No joke, that was the ask. My rep said he wanted to know if I was fat right now. I believe I told my agent, tell him no thank you and to go fuck himself. Unquote and amen. You could not pay me. Not that I am cute enough, but like, <laughs> you could not pay me 
to work in television. It's not like radio's any better. You just get harassed by ugly people. Eyo, bada bing, bada boo. Who's dropping truth bombs that are gonna get me in trouble? It's me. <laughs> what? Who said that? Just looked at my phone because I was like, bitches be texting me. And it was my mom. She was asking me if I wanted walnuts or these dates that she's getting from the Middle East. And I was like, honey. Please, of course I do. Don't be silly. Wait, 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 my godliness. This next story absolutely kills me. <laughs> I actually don't know if I can tell it without like laugh crying, but really crying, but pseudo laughing, but mostly just crying because Francis Ndulane, who had been appointed the deputy minister for minerals in Tanzania, failed to accurately read the content of his oath of office during the swearing-in ceremony. It's three minutes long, and I don't know if we can listen to all three minutes, but like, to reiterate, he had already gotten the job. All he had to do was read the oath, and this was his attempt. Mimi, Francis Kumbandulane, na hapa kwamba, nitakuwa muaminifu kwa jamuri ya mungano wa Tanzania, Mimi Francis Kumbandulane na hapa kwamba nitakuwa mwaminifu kwa Jamhuri ya Muungano ya Tanzania na kwamba Mimi Francis Kumbandulane na hapa kwamba nitakuwa mwaminifu Mimi Francis Kumbandulane <laughs> oh, I should have like <laughs> Why why I'm genuinely asking I'm not making fun of him I need to know why These are the the thoughts that I had when watching it Number 1 obviously I had to hide under a blanket because I couldn't take it Number 2 could he is he illiterate is that what it is and uh, he just lied about the various degrees that he has is it that you know he has an issue reading in Swahili but then I was like nah in Tanzania like Swahili is pretty much the first language so let's not lie about that Also if he couldn't speak Swahili well he should have said that from the get go because obviously he has to address the nation in Swahili so it couldn't be that and I was like racking my brain for all these answers because I wanted to believe in Francis Dulane for some reason I was so invested in him and then I realized when this article came out that authorities are now investigating whether the member of parliament had forged his academic certificate so it was the first initial like bad thought that I had it's probably the truth ah his science degree is a lie Francis Dulane <laughs> I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I don't understand because like, how can, how can he not read? You know, I, Swahili is such a sweet and wonderful language and it is your first or semi-first language. Why would you know how to read in it? Hey, to be fair, like when I read in Swahili, oh, gugumizi galore. I'm like, one time I had to do a death announcement and that was really bad because there's nobody else at the office. So I had to do it. Of course I had to do it because it was for an Asian station. And then, you know, they turned to me and they said, hey, brown woman, read this thing. And I was like, ah, only a little bit Indian, (laughs) not too much. I can't read it. And then they were like, you got to do it because people have to pay respects to this woman. So you have to announce it. So I got tricked into it. Your early 20s are really about being tricked into things that you don't want to do. So then I went into studio and I read it and I just read it so badly because I couldn't pronounce any of the things. Ah! <laughs> 
somebody's family member died and they were like, hey, let's uh, have a radio station read it out so the whole Asian community can come and, you know, pay their respects. And then there I am being like, Chattapati Shivarji. And probably nobody went. What is my karma with that woman in a past life? I have no idea, but that's where we came to. And I'm, I don't know why I told you the story. I just needed to get it off my fucking chest. Good. A 102-year-old woman living in New York has contracted the coronavirus and beaten it twice. This story is absolutely wild. Angelina Friedman, who survived the 1918 Spanish flu and cancer, first, has, first tasted positive. Can you relax? First tested, <laughs> first tested positive for COVID-19 in March. During her first bout with the disease, she had a relatively mild experience. Quote, she was never really symptomatic the first time around. Dude, she's 102. If I got COVID, I would be ventilator Susan in a hot minute. Her daughter Joanne said that the worst symptoms she had was a fever that lasted about 10 days and then she was kosher. Upon contracting the virus the second time in October, I don't know what she was doing. Homegirl was wildin' and just like licking subway railings. All this ish kind of shortly happened before her birthday and she got seriously ill. She had the cough. She was lethargic, a fever again, and it was definitely worse than the first time. But lo and behold, homegirl was just fucking like not joking because she got better immediately after that. Her daughter says, my mom has been through so much. You just can't give up. You have to fight. My mother's got the will to stay alive as I've never seen before. I've never seen that before either. Honestly, like I'm only 30 years old. If I got to 102 and between 30 and 102, that's 72 years. Mashallah, the school fees really worked out. 72 years of me just fucking beating shit? Nah, dog. I would just be like, call one of my many suitors and be like, bruh, just hold a pillow over my fucking face because I don't want to see what I'm going to go through tomorrow. That's really sad. I should probably redo that with an uplifting message. <clears throat> 102 years old and survived so much man the pe people have living is cool she's doing it la vida loca Aha! loneliness can go hand in hand with materialism where shopping bags fill the void of a friend or a partner shaped hole which explains why there are millions of products targeted for those people who feel alone let me remind you this is a public service announcement. As somebody who likes to sit alone all the time, there is a difference between being alone and being lonely. I, this very second, am alone. Am I lonely? Nah, honey, I'm thriving. Got one hand in my pants. Got one hand on a steering wheel, the other on my crotch. Yeah, Taylor Swift, that's the one. Yep. Robots have joined the ranks of many others and from social uh, campaign robots to those who provide sexual gratification. It's gratification. Um, the possibilities are now endless. People are fucking lonely. And I know this because I have a friend who's doing a master's degree and on their Zoom call, they have the regular lecture. And then after they have little activities like learning a dance or blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what the fuck? I need to go, man. And the rest are just like, oh, this is a wonderful activity because everyone's in lockdown and people don't have people. For instance, this this Japan article that we're about to dive into, when I spoke to my co-host about it, she immediately kind of laughed it off because she was thinking it was from like a sexual perspective. And I was like, you should be grateful that that's the way your mind went immediately, meaning you're not lonely enough to need this product. Loneliness is, is a very interesting feeling because I think a lot of people are embarrassed. And the problem with loneliness is that you don't have anybody to 
share it with. Human beings are such, yes, we can be resilient and adapt and blah, 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 but human beings are such social creatures. And I've realized that a lot uh, during the pandemic. So most recently, robotics researchers from Japan have designed a robotic hand that can make you feel like you're going on a walk and holding hands with someone. <gasps> <They're>, <laughs> so my girlfriend in walk its Japanese name Osampo Kanojo tells you what you need to know about the robot from the get-go. The team of researchers came up with a robotic hand that is made of a soft gel material and it allegedly perfectly recreates the feel of human skin. The animated fingers detect pressure and squeeze back when gripped tightly. Moreover, it has a heating me mechanism mechanism? Mechanism? Oh, Nadia. Mechanism. Ay, ay, ay. Mm. So that you don't feel like you're holding hands with a vampire and and the researchers didn't forget about the sweaty hand syndrome yeah nothing like holding your lover's damp hand am i right the robotic hand sweats through its pores by letting the moisture from a dampened piece of fabric inside slip out what so it moves back and forth with you. It squeezes your hand. It doesn't ask you if you're seeing other people. This looks like the perfect relationship to me, if you ask. When you hear that sound, you know it's story time. In the latest installment of viral news, a bodybuilder from Kazakhstan called Yuri Tolong recently said, I do, but he said it to his sex doll. Brother Yuri over there took to social media to share a video and happy snaps of the occasion while the bride dressed in a white lace gown alongside the proud groom in a black tuxedo. I stand an unorthodox marriage still following the rules of an orthodox union. Here for it. Bet that sex doll was a virgin. According to reports, the couple posed for professional photos before celebrating their nuptials with drinking and dancing. Yuri, who identifies as pansexual, yeah, shout out to you, brother. Be free, be wild, and describes himself as an athlete, art worker, blogger, and sexy maniac. Actually, like Yuri kind of sounds perfect for me. He's been dating his now wife, Margot, for two years. The pair have apparently been inseparable since they met in a nightclub when uh, Yuri stepped in. She was being attacked by a man. Uh, I didn't read that part. <laughs> I'm weak. Oh my god, I'm so weak. My my wrists are like limp. Sorry, what? The sex doll was being attacked by another man and Yuri stepped in, beat the shit out of this guy, and married Margot. You know, I'm all for people doing what they want, and I'm happy for Yuri that he's found the love of his life. I'm just like, I can't trust him. I can't trust him because he has an inanimate object as his partner. That that part is fine. I can't trust him because he had the choice of naming her anything, but he named her f***ing Margot. Margot. Haram. That's not okay. He could have picked a nicer name. Poor lady. He apparently popped the question in 2019, but because of the coronavirus, he had to postpone the wedding. The wedding is said to have been perfectly legal under local law. In Kazakhstan, the only legal requirement for a wedding is that both partners are consenting over 18 years old and are male and female, with no mention of whether dolls are included. God bless the heterosexual community, because if Yuri wanted to marry a male inanimate object, everyone would be like, oh, that's disgusting. 
disgusting. When I presented her photo to the world, there was a lot of criticism and she began to develop a complex. So we decided to have plastic surgery. Wow. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, she has changed a lot. At first it was hard to accept, but I got used to it later on. It was at a real clinic with real doctors. It seems the news has made him somewhat famous as he has over 80,000 followers on Instagram as of uh, 9th December 2020. Yeah! Okay. Yep, no conclusion needed. This is not a hamburger format show. We can just leave it be. Loose ends for days. Nigella Lawson is an English food writer and television chef. And uh, more recently, a video surfaced of her just kind of cooking, living her best life. And she describes a microwave, but mispronounces it. I don't know where, I don't know what was happening to her face and her mind, but things did not connect. So I thought, why not make it into a hit single? You're absolutely welcome. Rock out with your cock out, baby! I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. Micro. Wave. Micro.